Hi, I'm Jules Hamilton, and this is the Good Summer Podcast, Keeping It Good. It's a chance for all of us to hear stories of people making a positive change in the world. The Good Summit is a space of gathering to celebrate common good in the world and to cultivate more of it. Join the Tribe of Good by signing up to our mailing list at thegoodsummit.com and learn where our latest gatherings are taking place, who is going to be there, and how you can get involved. Help us help you make the world a better place. Today on the Good Summit podcast, Keeping It Good, we talk with the incredible Dave Linton. Dave is an award-winning social entrepreneur, thought leader, motivational speaker, brand coach, and founder of Madlug, Make a Difference Luggage. Madlug is a lifestyle brand raising awareness of the value and worth of children in care, helping them to make their way with dignity. With a history in youth work, Dave has always been about people. And with his award-winning company, Madlug, he keeps people as the central focus, most importantly, the people so many of us forget about, children in care. Enjoy today's podcast and be inspired by the heart and soul behind Britain and Ireland's most successful social enterprise. Dave Linton, welcome to the Good Summer Podcast. Good to be here. Absolutely delighted uh, to hang out, to get to see your smiling face. I'm sorry that people listening can't see your smiling face. It, uh, it's a face, a face that brings delight. <laughs> so missing out, so missing out. <laughs> Tell you what, in terms, of, um, in terms of Good Summit conversation with you, Dave, you hold a pretty special place in Good Summit history. Do you remember what it is? Absolutely. I think um, on your very first Good Summit, you had a Friday night event. Yeah. And I was the main speaker at the event after Bertie Ahern or before Bertie Ahern. You were the very first speaker. You were before Bertie. Wow. You were the very first speaker at the very first Good Summit. You had a big act to follow. He, he did. He did all right, like, didn't he? <laughs> he we, we made you stand up and Bertie, Bertie got an armchair. Awesome. Uh, but Dave, it's lovely because I still remember talking with you before the Good Summit saying we want to do something that engages social entrepreneurs. We, we want to get people excited about the possibility of social enterprise and, and about doing business differently. So we've changed in the last few years. Uh, but but you've come to all the good summits, you know. You uh, you're, you're you're going to be at a few more yet. Let, let me let hope me so, tell hope you. So. Uh, I remember from that first night looking out at the people gathered in what was at that stage was the, it was the great hall. It was the dining hall in Trinity College. Lots of mahogany. Absolutely. It was I the old it. Trinity mahogany. Oh, welcome to Trinity College. Yeah. And I remember looking out as you were speaking. And I just remember people's faces listening and going, oh, my goodness, this is a good start. And for those who weren't there that night, mad luck, make a difference luggage. Tell us your story, mate. Yeah, so there is over 90,000 children in the care system across the UK and Ireland. And there's one child moving into care every 15 minutes. So that equates to over 40,000 um, children entering every year. And um, most of those children and young people have their belongings either moved in black plastic bin bags or plastic shopping bags. And so 2014, um, say my name's Dave, and 2014, I um, was attending 
an introduction to fostering course with my wife. And it was simply, we had, we had been foster carers in the past. We had moved into a different area of Northern Ireland. We were adoptive parents as well. And we just thought we could go back in and do some more foster in our house. We, I was working in a youth work job um, for a church. We had a kind of a house provided that was bigger than we could afford. So there was extra space there. So let's go and see about using the space and, and giving um, a child uh, a bedroom and some care and love for a while. So that that was kind of 2014. And um, because we had moved into a different area, they sent us back into the introduction space. And it was pretty boring, if I'm being honest. It was that kind of um, <clears throat> thing where we had done it before, but we had to just tick the box and do it again. Mm. And so week four, I, I remember clearly they were talking about the whole issue of children in care moving, how many moves, how they move, the feelings and all of that. And they showed a video of a young girl. And when she, um, she was in a wheelchair, I can clearly remember, a teenager, and she made this statement that when we move, the local trust don't give us suitcases. Sometimes foster carers loan us a suitcase, but quite often our belongings are moved in black plastic bin bags and loser wow. dignity. Broke my heart. Okay. I thought, I'm going to fix that. So that's mad love. Do you know what, Dave? Um, I was watching a movie recently with my wife and it's, oh, what was it called? It's 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 not step family or blended family. It's It's... Oh, instant family. Instant family. And whenever uh, the foster kids are there, they were putting some of their belongings in the black plastic bags. And my wife and I just looked at each other and went, mad luck. Absolutely. And it was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And Jules, it was a statement that came out of that. So um, the girl comes into the room in that film and she puts the, the black bin bag and, and the foster carers were, were looking, going at the bin bag, and she says, that's how you can tell a foster kid is better black bin bags. And I'm thinking, wow, isn't that... How that has ended up in a major film Yeah, um, shows that it actually has um, a bit of reality into the, the area of foster care and, and children in the care system. So let me get this straight. The script writer didn't hear you speak? No, no. <laughs> the, the problem's been around the, for years and, and there's been campaigns. In fact, when I left that, that night and felt like I'm going to do something, you know, the natural thing was I could go back to the young people that I was leading and collect their old bags. Because let's be honest, we have suitcases and secondhand bags and stuff in our, in our house and we could give those to local trust. But I did some research and I found the number of kids was huge. And, and actually, um, the amount of um, stuff around in a global context of bin bags was huge. And there, to be fair, there was very little to be seen and read about in the UK. All I could find in the UK was um, there was a campaign 10 years ago or a campaign 20 years ago. And all of the local authorities and, and people of importance had signed up that that wouldn't happen. But um, what I kind of, in reflection to that, what I now know is in the UK, we're very much a policy-driven nation. So we're good at bringing the problem and then putting a policy. And then the policy thinks we've dealt with the problem. And then we move on to the next problem. But the reality was that bin bags are still being used. Even today, even with the awareness that Madlock's bringing to this space, um, bin bags and the new bin bag is the plastic shop bin bag, which is no better. It rips. It's not permanent. It's disposable, yeah. and and we, you know, we're we're hearing stories. We're seeing that. So policy was there. So that gave us a huge start in fixing the problem, because what we've been able to do is 
we can go in and say to local authorities, directors, and say, can we help you deliver on your policy? Mm-hmm. Rather than fight the problem, we have now been able to say, we'll come up with a simple solution. So Mad Look is simply born out of that story. And just for the clarity of your of your your here listener, it's it's basically we've grown a social enterprise that with a buy one, give one bag model, make a difference luggage. Every time we sell a backpack, gym bag, suitcase, we give a bag to a child in care. So we've been able to use that and use the story of the policy to empower them to deliver on their policy. Okay, okay. We're, we're going to come back then to, to actual, if you like, the, the, the practical, physical nature of Madlog because because you've come become really cool. It's like I see Trinity students walking around with Madlog bags and so forth now. But let me just take a couple of steps back. You were going about your daily life you were uh, a foster carer. You went to a kind of training evening to sign up again. You heard this story and something at that point just whacked you uh, across your, your face. And, and, and then that changed everything. Is that so that that sent you on on that sent you into a place of discovery? So you had something smacked you about the face in terms of the realities of the world. You learned about it. And so you reflected, you discovered that there was policies in place that just were not being fulfilled. And then that took you to say, hang on, I want to do something about this or I can do something or somebody should do something about this. You know, how come it was you had to do something about it? I think the decision for me was right back in the night. I'm going to fix this. Wow. The fix, the fix um, and the setup of Madlog and what Madlog is today is something that grew out of the, the studying and and research into the issue um, and also the culture um, around funding and all of those kind of things and also bringing who I am as a person and what um, approach would work with my kind of leadership. So um, so a lot of that came. So Madlock grew out of, but the the actual commitment to, I'm going to fix it. I call it, it's, the, it's literally my, the black bin bag story. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm coming at something with a big picture care of, you know, I want to help children in care. I believe in the orphan mm-hmm. of today. Um, I believe the importance of support around. I, I, I was an orphan myself, but not in a care system. So my father died when I was five. Mm-hmm. And, and so that defines an orphan is one parent passing away, you know, supported through um, orphan um, support packages and stuff. My mum kind of did an amazing job and was a mm-hmm. was a real kind of um, example to to where I am today. However, what I know from that period of growing up is the importance of support, yeah. the importance of the neighbours, the friends, the the people who weren't even um, blood relatives saying like to me and my sister, "I'll take you on holiday with with our family and go on and travel in England in a caravan." And those kind of and babysitting and allowing and the support when my mum wanted a job and stuff. So that was what I was modelled. And so for me, right from the start, I wanted always to give back and help the underdog. And for me, the orphan is the underdog. So that that that's where I was at and going to that course. My wife is in the same place. We we had taken a when we got married, we had an eight-year-old come. She's still part of our family. She came once a month. Um, and she's got three kids now. And um, and so we're still that consistent support 
um, in her world. And, and that for me is, is the stuff. So we were entering into this, but we've moved. The, the girl that we currently still have coming along had aged out or moved out of the care system. Yeah. So it was creating opportunity for us to say, let's do it. I've taken a year where we weren't officially foster carers. That break sent us back to the start. So for me, it was just, let's get back into that. But it was the black bin bag story. It's the it's the fine thing within the bigger story. And I would yeah. say that yeah. for me was the, Hearing that story, and I'm going to. My wife was in the same room and heard nothing of it. Wow! So I'm yeah, sitting talking yeah, to her afterwards, yeah. talking about see that video. It didn't have any impact. It didn't because she was caught in something about trauma or something about that yeah. in other areas. But for me, it's just like I've got to fix that. And the energy from that commit that that statement created an energy to find a solution. So you like wow, listening to this, wow. You had life experiences. You had life learning. Uh, the work that you were engaged in was already a sign of the sort of person that you were because you were working on behalf of others. And it and so it seems like there was this, it's almost like, it's maybe not a nice picture or a fair picture, but like I'm, I'm picturing a perfectly pitched bowling ball and, and, and cricket, or not a bowling ball, a cricket ball just being bowled at you. Uh, and it was right down the middle. It was the perfect length. And you just took a swing at it. And and you've whacked, whacked it out of the park, actually. But it's it's like, every, as you just said, everything seemed to kind of almost make you ready for that black bin bag story. Absolutely. So for me, I was at that place as a, you know, I had that experience of growing up and, and school for me was a challenge. I'm dyslexic as well. So, you know, I, I, everything, it was kind of in the, the thing, I had no qualifications. In fact, the, the, the reality was I ended up in two jobs my whole life. Um, and one was working in church and youth work. And I got ungraded in RE in my GCSE. <laughs> and, and the other one is I'm now, um, last year was awarded um, the entrepreneur of the year for Northern Ireland yeah. and for good for the whole of the UK. Yeah. And I got ungraded in my GCSE business studies. So it's, there's kind of an interest. And that's now, I, I, I now know that that's <laughs> down to I'm dyslexic. It wasn't picked up. And actually, the dyslexic part is my greatest strength now because I find solutions. I work around. I become a student of finding solutions rather than just a student of knowledge um, because the knowledge has to have a purpose. And so whenever I was faced with this kind of problem, then it was very easy. I just went into what's the solution? What's the solution? There's no walls. There's nothing going to get in the way. Alongside that is that I spent my whole um, 22 years in youth work and I love the underdog. I love the young people who don't do well at school. Not, not that I don't love the others, but I, I always looked out for the young person in the drop-in centre that, that was the troublemaker. I wanted to get alongside. Yeah. I so believed yeah. in them because I don't believe young people are made that way. I believe they operate out of that way because society puts an expectation for them to behave that way and they don't know what it is to be loved and cared for. So when you put all that together, Jules, my, my youth work, and then the other part is... Um, in growing business now, the 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 part that I was so hungry to learn how to run organization because I didn't have the schooling. Yeah. That when I was in youth work, I went to every conference. I watched <laughs> video screens 
in, in little halls of conferences that I could never afford to travel to or be at. I was hungry. And, and all of that kind of learning, leadership learning, I was so hungry for it. And what I've realized going into the business world now is that the reality is that lots of people get paid or pay big money to go to these things and they don't learn anything because they're not, it's a day out of the office and there's no hunger to learn. And so actually all that stuff that I've learned has positioned me in a place where I can step in and, and do this. Oh my goodness. And um, this is, you know, um, we, we both have a faith background, uh, which, which is, so I understand a lot about what you're saying. There'll be some people listening and, and they're just kind of thinking synchronicity. Isn't it amazing how the universe works sometimes to put it? And I'm really happy with that language as well. Uh, I, you know, I'd, I'll even take it back to the A team. I love it when a plan comes together. You know, it's like the pulling together and the working together for good of different strands um, and different things. Here's a more difficult question for those people listening. You know, we, we want we want the good summit to be a place of conversations that matter that change the world. You know, we, we want people to be inspired about what they can do, partly by listening and hearing and learning about what, what others have done. So it seems to me, listening to your story, that, yeah, you can talk about a bolt from the blue, that to some some people might hear the Black Bing Bag story and go, wow, a night out of nowhere, changed his life, very serendipitous, uh, incredible. But actually... So much, as you've just been talking about, is placed around that moment that it was almost like you, you were ready to connect. What sort of things do you think, you know, if there's a 20, 25-year-old thinking about they want to make a positive difference in the world, do they need a lightning bolt of a black bin bag story some night? Or... Is it more about becoming aware and seeing the connections in their life and in the lives of others around them? What's your advice to those people who are maybe even looking for a little bit of purpose in, and they would love to start a madlock? They're trying to they're trying to start their own social enterprise. What are your words to them? Yeah, I think. I mean, I get asked this question all the time. Um, because did, did I not just ask it better? No, you did, you did, you did, you did ask it better. That's like that's that's great. I must read take a note of that for whenever I'm doing podcasts. And uh, I'm not needy um, at all. No. <laughs> I, I think I think Jules, the the, the reality is um, the black bin bag story is that you need to find your black bin bag story. It's not necessarily a lightning bolt. Yeah. Um, if I was twenty, telling a twenty five or even a fifteen year old. Um, yeah. today or anybody is the the number one thing you can do if you want to make a difference uh, and um and and change the world in 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 an area that breaks your heart is the to to take your eyes off yourself lift your eyes and look for the black bin bag story within the story so it's not there's a lot of um sexiness about social impact today yeah. where it's like yeah. oh we're going to help homelessness well homelessness yeah. is so broad we're yeah. going to help children in care it's so broad yeah. but here's here's the reality is if i took a fix to the children in care space i would be a competitor mm-hmm. i would i would I, and so competition is maybe good in some ways, but it's not whenever I'd be then kind of putting my own protection around my funding streams. Um, I would be a threat every meeting that I had with somebody in authority of another charity or another movement. Um, and and actually, 
because it would be too broad, because I think a lot of our fixes are too broad, yeah. is that actually it's learning to, to look at the broad, take your eyes off yourself, walk around, and then every day look for the black bin bag story, and you'll know when you find it is the thing that breaks your heart that you just want to do something about it. So, um, so it might be that you, um, that you, you, you know, homelessness is a space, but yeah. one part of it is that you're thinking, well, people don't talk to those people. Yeah. Well, that, that breaks your heart. That's your black bin bag story. So whatever then your response to that yeah. has to be then laser focused on, on doing that. And the challenge in a, in a, in a, in a kind of social impact space is staying on mission. Yeah, and and that's been the, the thing I've been really trying. But it's it's overview, it's it's living a living a posture of eyes open and looking for the thing that breaks your heart. And it might be more than one. And here's the other thing: is we don't need lots of organisations that have taken five years to get to what we've got. There are people already doing that stuff. So if it's if first of all is if you're entrepreneurial. And you have the, and it's the right thing, and there's a space to set something up and call people to join you. Yeah. If you have a skill set that's not necessarily entrepreneurial, but it's very much a administrational or it's something like that, find an organization and say, how can I get involved with you? Because you're still doing the good and you're still having the impact in your black bin bag. This podcast is proudly supported by the amazing folks at Thought Collective, a team of designers and developers who create brands and digital products to captivate the crowd and communicate effectively. They make the Good Summit look great. Check them out at www.thoughtcollective.com. You said look up. You know, you said it several times there, you know, look up, look away from yourself, see a bigger picture. Do we, have we got an epidemic um, around the world over the last 20 years of people just looking after them, themselves? Is it, is it a real, is it vital now that people begin to look outside of themselves for some of these moments and uh, to, to get some of these dreams of social impact? I Why is that important? I think it's 100%. We live in a society, it's all about me. And mm -hmm. and it's about even social impact. It's often about the feeling that we get from doing it. Yeah. And so, you know, one of, one of the challenges that we have had in setting Madlog up, or it's not a challenge, it's been, it's been one of the questions often is, um, you know, what kind of bag do you give with the, the, the bag that's sold us at the same one? And, and we don't. We, we create a little pack away because we are very much on target how do we prevent the black bin bag? That's our story. Yeah, yeah. If it was about me, it would be, let's give nice backpacks filled with nice toiletries and all of that stuff and I can pat myself in the back. It would, it would be of benefit, it'd be a nice thing to do, but it wouldn't be addressing the actual story that broke my heart and says, no child should carry their life in the bin bag. So, so every time I say to our team, Every time we're in the place where we get a request, let's do a collab with somebody that's working on homelessness or prison services, you know, you can start to talk about, well, there's lots of care experience, people in those kind of spaces. It makes sense. Actually, does it fix no child to carry life in a bin bag? Yeah. Or is it just about us having a nice little brand that looks sexy and Dave Linton looks great and wins awards on? And and that's a great feeling. Yeah. And I'm not taking away from that. I'm not trying to belittle that. But actually, the risk is it that social movements 
can become more about us than the people we're trying to help. And I think that we've got to really change the world. We've got to look up, look out, and see what breaks our heart. And, um, and the, you know, that, that for me is then the thing that breaks your heart becomes your bin bag that keeps you laser, laser focused on, on the thing that you've got to do. But Dave, that's dangerous. They'll have people looking around saying, what is it that really breaks me? Like that's, that's putting yourself in a vulnerable position to open yourself to some of the pain of the world. Um, like that's, that's not an easy place to, to live. What, what does it take a human being to be to say, I even want to notice some of the pain and suffering in the world and want to do something about it. Because as you, yeah, as you just said, our natural inclination is, is to be so inward focused. To say, what breaks my heart? Mate, that's, that's a vulnerable disposition. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not easy. And I'm, I'm not saying I get this right every time. The, the, re, the reality is, and I would say anybody, in the, the greatest thing is, as well as looking out is also learning to to know who you really are. Wow. So 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 the thing is that if if I am operating out of a place of insecurity, and for many years I went into youth work, I went into church based work. Why? Because there was lots of people and it would feed my need. And so so you know you start going through that. Fortunately, those conferences, those people that I came in contact with and was taught through of leadership and understanding and learning. What is the thing that what is the thing that makes you you? And learning to celebrate things like dyslexia rather than seeing it as a disability. So once you start dealing with those things of knowing who you are, knowing your personality style, it so allows you then to 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 come at, to the table as Dave, and and not being afraid because what what you're realizing is that actually it's not at a place of judgment any longer because you realize who you are, how you work. And the, the and you start to see those things in the world as hope, as potential, as opportunity. There's such an authenticity in that answer. Like that's right. That's like saying the person who makes a difference is going to be you being you. Hundred uh, percent. And I, I I love that. I love what you're. I love that you're a like social enterprise award winner over the last number of years. You know, I I, I remember the first time. Maybe might have been the first time I heard a monologue. It was. Looking at you with a picture standing beside Richard Branson, you know, it's like, hang on, something, something's happened. Uh, something happened in Dave's life here. Things are going to be different. Um, and it's that, it's the authentic self engaging with the real world, actually the authentic world uh, of, of a bit of pain and, and brokenness. And so, so that's a, you've mentioned the Richard Branson thing. So I remember my wife being married. My wife is very much just keeps me grounded mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So, so in those times when I'm going into the insecure or the overwhelmed by the, the stardom struck mm -hmm. where, you know, you've had dinner with, or you've met such and such, or you've been invited to such a thing is a cheap puts a level. And I remember just like, you know, getting the phone call, um, to, to say, look, this Thursday, this was like Friday. Next Thursday, you're invited to breakfast with Richard Bronson as one of five or six entrepreneurs. <laughs> and it was like, straight on to the guys, like, can we afford this? Of course we can. We'll make it work. And um, and you're suddenly then going around, I'm seeing Richard Bronson this week. And you couldn't tell anybody. It was one of those kind of like under wraps. Because yeah, yeah. You didn't get to know where it was even in London in the hotel or anything because they didn't want to crowd there. So 
it, it was like a you got it at I think at nine o'clock the night before. Oh my goodness! So I could only go out and say tomorrow morning I'm in London. I'm in London tomorrow morning. I'm meeting Richard Branson, and um, but my wife says, look, and she's really good at this. She says, Dave, they're only human. Yeah, they're only a person, and and that was really the first um, person that I had met that I looked up to. He that was one of the authors of the books. The people I said. Wow, I love his style of leadership and I love yeah. how he's entrepreneurial and his how he how he creates so many brands and 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 all that he does. And I was like, I'm gonna meet this guy. So so for me, my wife said that, and I remember going in and saying, This guy's just normal. And I, I'm sitting around the table with his senior exec team. And the first person I met that day, that morning was a guy, I think his name is Steve. No, I don't think he works for them any longer. And he says, um, and he was one of their senior, senior guys. And he says, Dave, I love what you, you guys are doing. He says, I've never told anybody this in industry or in a work context until now. I spent the first six years of my life in care. Wow. And, and it was this normal, wow. normal as this is human. And then that's led on. I got invited to Buckingham Palace. I've been invited to a number of other things, winning awards, sitting around some of the under, leading entrepreneurs. Um, you know, and and that has, I just now treat them. I go, I, in fact, there's a couple of times where I've been to Stormont and I've went with a baseball cap on and not a suit. Because yeah. I just go, I, I don't need to try and pretend or be. I just need to go as Dave. Yeah. And that's how I live life now is, this is Dave. But the thing that breaks his heart, children care, a huge value, worth dignity. They're incredible. They deserve to be given a new bag because none of them should travel their life with a bin bag. And I will do something about it. I want to come back and ask you about the leadership that you think this world needs. So remind me uh, in a couple of minutes. But I also want to come back. I said I'd give you a chance to talk about what Madlog actually does. Tell us the business end of things now. Just in case there's any philanthropists, well, no, you're, you don't need philanthropists now. You, 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 uh, you need investors maybe, I don't know. But tell us a little bit about the business and how you've built it up over the last few years because it really is an, an incredible success story. So it all sounds nice, what I've told you to date. <laughs> um, the, the thing is that the voices that you hear, once you've got the fix, you know, so you go through to a set of charity up to a slice of the funding pie, take money away from the charity, all those things. You no, know, let's use business. I was in, in kind of impacted by reading the to- the founder of Tom's shoes at the time. And, yeah, and that yeah. was, a you know, do something that matters. And I, so if you look at that book, you'll see a lot of that style of business uh, weaved in. Only I say we're a little bit different, probably a big bit different now from, from Tom's. But that was the starting point of going business. So we use the social enterprise model. Um, and so I went and started to chat to people. I chatted to my wife and she says, Dave, you know, you're a youth worker. We, we don't have any money. Yeah. Like, you know, and, you know, you have no business experience. And, um, you know, um, but it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to her, like, Dude, I, I, if you support me in the sense of just standing with me, we don't, we don't need art. We don't need money. We don't have any money. We don't need it. All I need is you to basically um, be prepared that my income streams might be two or three income streams rather than one. Yeah. Yeah. And that might become a little bit nervous at times. Yeah. So that's the support I'm needing. But I'm committing that I will bring enough in if it means working wherever to get 
to do that. That's my commitment to this. Yeah. I spoke to um, uh, a charity working with kids care. Oh, this is a brilliant idea. Um, you need to test it with young people in care. Tested it with young people in care, and and um, and did some did some stuff with Invest NI at helping with business plan that I never read or never <laughs> used. Um, Isn't that the amazing thing about business plans? You spend a year putting them together. Absolutely. And and that's the end of it. Anyway, but, but they're essential <laughs> for keeping your head together they and are. having a plan. Um, but the other part was, I remember going to my friend um, who was in business, who I would go kind of walking every so often around the park and chat and grab coffees and and um, you know said I have this idea, and he looked at me and he says, "Dave, that's a great idea." However, this is Northern Ireland, not America. <laughs> wow. And. Um, and I remember him saying that. And then he says, and here's the second thing. He says, Northern Ireland, we love our brands, but we don't care if they're last season and we like them at 70% off. Okay. At TK Maxx. Okay. Yeah. So how do you build a brand? And you're going to need people to spend the full price for a brand to compete with those brands that are discounting them 70%. It might be last year's color to, to, to get that. And also is to start business, you need money. And I had 500 pounds. Yeah. And I remember sitting going, okay, how do I do that? And just through that hunger, not seeing a problem, not seeing a wall, seeing a, 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 a way around it. Yeah. Um, working out a solution. And I spent the 480 pounds of that 500 pounds on the 40% deposit for the company that was going to design our logo. Brilliant. And I didn't have the money to pay the rest. Yeah. But I was on a program of mentoring where there was no money to be given. And I remember getting the end of it because I was so hungry mm-hmm. to learn. I was miles ahead of my mentor. And this was a funded program. And he gets to the end and I showed him the designs and the, the, the brand. And he says, it's obviously you've been spending a lot of time with your design company. Um, and, um, and they've been mentoring you in this. If you get them to invoice me, I'll pay the rest of the bill. Wow. So, so here, here's the thing okay. is, wow. so, so, and this has been my experience, is we often have the thing that we, the area of where our hearts lie in the sense, is it child in care? Is it um, trafficking? Is it homelessness? Is it any of these things? Um, we're looking for our bin bag story. We may find our bin bag story, mm-hmm. but often the thing that stops that is I haven't got the money or I'll wait until or someday. And I remember reading the book on Tom's. Tom's, Blake puts a quote, says, someday we'll rob your dreams. Okay. You know, wow. so so I had, I had looked someday. at my life and thought, many other black bin bag stories that I got to and says, I haven't got an education to do this. I have no family experience in business. I have none of this. Um, you know, someday I'll get that. Someday I'll go back to the uni. Someday I'll have, someday, and some days never came. It robbed those dreams. And so I was in this kind of place of, okay, I don't have the money, but someday's not going to rob this. I'm going for it. Even when my friends were saying, this is not America, this is Northern Ireland. Even when my wife was saying, hmm, I haven't got no background. Even when I was saying, you failed your GCSE business studies and how, how you, you know, you want to ever do this. I, I had that kind of, and what I've learned is that money always fi- follows vision. And too much money at the start, I wouldn't be here today because I would have, as a visionary, you, 
you 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 would start with what you want to end at. So if I'd have had somebody come and an investor, a philanthropist come and say, I'm going to give you a million pounds. I'd have had the wrong warehouse or too many staff at the wrong product because the 500 pounds enabled me to be extremely innovative and getting the best product, making sure I had the best use of money, having the right size of um, building or room to operate out of, who could do it for free and do all that stuff that actually now five years on, we just had our biggest order before Christmas, which was 13,000 bags to IKEA. Every staff member of IKEA across the UK and Ireland were gifted a mad look bag for Christmas. What a compliment, because those guys wow. actually sell their own bags and probably yeah. paid more to yeah. us for our bags. So we are wow. and part their staff to show love without words, to get out there and make a difference and, um, and carry their bags with pride, knowing that a child in care has been helped. Phenomenal. How many children in care have received mad love bags up to this point? How many years later now are we? So we're five five years. Five years in. And last year we give in in the year alone over eleven thousand bags. Fantastic. To date we've we've handed out over twenty-five thousand. Yeah. And um we have the we have on order um eighteen thousand bags that are due to land by June, I think. To kids in care. So they'll land to us to then distribute. So there's eighteen thousand bags. So the logistics off We've when we sell a bag, then we have to order the bags that we give. Yeah. So we have a further eighteen thousand bags currently in production, on route. We'll land in 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 the UK and Ireland in June, and we will have those distributed over the summer. So five and a half years later, after your black bin bag story, it's about forty five. Forty. 45,000 children helped and a monetary value back into society that we're saving local trust, local government yeah. of 450,000 pounds. And there's a message comes with the bag, isn't it? It's like you you have value, you've got worth. Yeah, on the, on the bag, Jules, it says you are incredible. Wow. Value, worth, dignity. And, and so it goes back to the reason we didn't give secondhand bags is Children have huge value. The fact they breathe, they have huge value and they have huge worth and they deserve to be treated with dignity. And, and so that's our story. And then when I talked to the young people and did like a Dragon's Den with Care Experience Young People, mm-hmm. at that time they didn't want that Mad Log logo on the bag that they got because it was like, we don't want to be stigmatised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they wanted value, worth and dignity on the bag. And then they said that, you know, space was an issue. Social workers arriving at a time when they needed a bag, not having a bag with them. Mm-hmm. So that's where the pack away became. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a little rain mac pack away. So this bag, so when it's folded up into a pack away, um, it has that, you're incredible. And one of them opened up, holds 20 of those bags. So a social worker can carry around one gym bag with 20 bags to help 20 kids or one bag with lots of, one kid with lots of stuff. And um, and that's kind of our, our mission. And the beauty of it is, is connecting then this, um, the user. I never saw this at the start. It was just purely, how do I get money to give bags to kids? But um, there's an event called Summer Madness in, in, in Northern Ireland. And in 2018, I was there. I've been there every year. It's the one place where there is um, 
you know, young people were really carrying lots of bags. You could see lots of them. Over the years, they had, you know, started buying them and wearing them. So out of the 1,500 kids who were there, we counted 300 carrying Madlug bags. So every group of young people, there was at least one or two Madlugs in amongst the other brands in their backpacks. And one of the, there's a youth worker from from a, a group in, in West Belfast that come down and, and was buying a bag for himself. And he says, we have a young person with us in our group who is um, in care. And, um, and I said, well, there's no risk of stigma carrying a mad look here because there's 300 other young people. Yeah. You tell him to come down, pick up, uh, a, choose a colour. He doesn't even have to introduce himself to me because let, let's be honest, as a youth worker, you know, yeah. it's like they're really cool in youth centres and then when you saw them in the parks, they're like head down and you're that ugly boy, you know? <laughs> so, so I didn't want to make him awkward. And I said, you tell him to come pick a colour and I'll give you a colour, free bag, backpack for him. The last day he comes down and he introduces me to this guy called Jay. And I said, how are you doing, Jay? What colour bag would you like? He says, I would like uh, a red bag. He's, in fact, he says I'm colourblind. I said, what football team do you support? And he gave me a red bag. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so he takes a red bag and I said, Jay, tell me your story. He says, I've been in care 10 years. I'm 17 and a half now. And in a two-week period in that 10 years, I moved 15 times with my belongings and bin bags. And I'm now in an intensive foster placement and I'm um, getting my life back together. He says, what you're doing is amazing. What you're doing is amazing. And I looked outside the tent where we were selling from. And I remember seeing these young people and, and it just triggered and tears came down my eyes. I could hardly get it out. And I turned around and I says, what is really amazing? There's over 300 young people at this festival and they've all chosen mad low bags. Why? Because every one of them believes that you are incredible. He smiles, he goes off, comes back that night as we were packing things down. He had a young person, a girl standing half his height because he's quite tall. She glowed. In 22 years, I've never seen a young person glow like this. She just smiled. I don't even remember her name. I don't even think it was told her name. She was just so, it was so obvious that Jay had actually told her the story, the impact of this. Well, that's not the end of stories, Jill. Two days after Summer Madness, I get a message on Facebook. Hi, this is Jay. I met Dave Linton at Summer Madness, blown away by the organization, what you do. And I've been giving it lots of thought. For my 18th birthday, I've decided I'm going to give all the money that I get to the work of Madlug so that other young people can experience what I experienced. Something that day changed for me. It started by fixing a little bin bag. It will always be about getting the, the bags to kids. That's the practical, but we've created a movement that is empowering people carrying a Mad Low branded bag. And we're telling young people by receiving this bag that you are incredible. We're making Mad Low their brand that we're doing love without words. You know, under 18 year olds, you don't know who the foster kids are in the country unless you're a social worker, teacher or a professional. They feel lost in a care system. We're going to empower society through a simple bag to say, we see you, we love you, we care for you. And young people tell us this. They have a perception that everybody is professional and paid to care. And we're turning that on its head because actually you're buying a bag because you care. So that's the Mad Look story. Starts off with a little black bin bag. 
it never ends. There's a lot more to be written, and but it's then true to no child secure life in a bin bag because in those bags, life goes inside them. Dave Linton, thank you so much. Our time is gone. There was one more question, but I've got an answer to it. Tell me about the sorts of leaders that you think the world needs at the minute. I'm going to answer it. I'm not let you answer it. We need more leaders like you, man. Thank you for what you're doing. Don't dare stop. And the Good Summit is delighted to do whatever we can to help along the way. Catch you soon, mate. Thank you so much. Brian, cheers. This has been the Good Summit podcast. Brought to you in conjunction with Forfi. It was produced by Lee McMahon with Eva McNulty for the Good Summit. Music was provided by the fabulous Ian Archer. Stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Good Summit and find out all you need to know on www.thegoodsummit.com and come back and join us again next time. Till then, go forth, do some good. Peace to you and to the world. world.